Welcome everyone to a new episode of the Chronicles of Faye. Breathe deeply, close your eyes, get comfortable, and allow yourself to drift away. Just drift in this moment of peace, calm, assurance. Let yourself just soar. Let us enjoy a magical moment together in the Chronicles of Faith. Well, everyone, this is your hostess, Faye Wild. Let us just breathe together. Just breathe together. While I call in the elements, shall I? Earth, we thank you for your growth for your truth, for your stability. Air, we thank you for your intuition, your creativity, your peace. Fire, we thank you for your courage, your passion, and will. Water, we thank you for your healing of mind, body, and spirit the ability to change and the ability of rebirth life or divine we thank you for the life-giving force that is within all of us the power to seek beyond ourselves in the realm of spirit and the passion to do what we need to do light we thank you for your illumination of the truth whatever it is for each of us we thank you for your moonlight and starlight and we also thank you for the power of revelation magic we thank you for the gifts to greet, the gifts of inspiration, and the gifts that give us peace to do, to think, to act, and to continually walk the spiral of life. So would it be.
this meditation from time to time, so I hope you like it as well. Get into a comfortable spot, a place to be still and I'm going to call this meditation a shower of light. Now, if you're more night-oriented, this meditation might not be for you. So 
that golden light is all around you filling you. And as you breathe in and you feel that shower of light, you notice that it's doing any last minute tension release that you have. muscles and bones and tendons in your mind, feeling your brain relax, bathed in this white gold light around you, breathing deeply every so often to get the results from that energy. It is differently than I do, but I always see the negative energy around me in my aura. It's kind of black tar that needs to kind of be loosened. If it's, uh, you know, blackness or whatever you feel, just know that those blooms of white light are scrubbing away. They're not just sweeping, they're scrubbing it away. Turning your attention to your aura, seeing those burns scrubbing that away from you. Seeing also this little dustpan that comes around and takes away the debris from your aura and dumping it in, in a void somewhere where it can't come back. And the next thing that happens is as that shower is moving off through you. You notice that some of it has been collected into a cup. A beautiful cup. Picture it however you want. Is it a plain glass? Is it a rock goblet studded with jewels? Is it a wooden cup, a plain wooden cup? Is it a ceramic mug, maybe a coffee mug, your favorite coffee mug? to see that shower of light, part of it. Most of it is going all through you and around you, sweeping your aura, relaxing your mind and your brain. And it's uh, purifying the body. Some of that is going into your favorite cup of your own design. And as it fills, you notice that it froths and bubbles with this energy. you do, you notice that energy rush is going to go through you, but just see that 
energy just transforming you invigorating you strengthening you it's going into your digestive system it's all through you and you may feel it and you may not feel it but uh, just know that it's doing its job you're sipping at your cup of white and gold light your power and purification or are you sipping it daintily, enjoying the trickles of energy moving through you? What do you feel like this very Sitting back and feeling that shower, warm, soothing, or as hot as you like it. Some of that light gold light has solidified into a little ball of energy. Now, as you notice that little ball starts to grow and grow and grow and grow and grow until it's about the size of a basketball, maybe a little bit bigger. And it's so concentrated, you can feel that just all around you. Now, what I'd like you to do is hold that basketball-sized white and gold ball of light. And you can feel it. It's like layers, layers of light. And I want you to peel and as you do, you notice that it curls into a little ball. So, if you're left-handed, if you're left-handed, then I want you to take that ball, and I want you to think about someone. Think about someone in your life that needs love and healing. Throw that ball as if you're throwing it up into the universe. Or just kind of toss it. It'll go to where it needs to go. If you're right-handed, hold the basketball-sized thingy in your left hand. You see what you mean? And peel away a layer with your right hand. And just continue to peel away those layers. Send your love, your peace, healing to those who may need it and want it. Until the little ball of light, there's one little ball of light left. This one is really sacred and special because you want to offer it to your divine energies, the beings of your worship, whether it's God, Jesus, whatever. Any specific gods and just give it to them. And then when you're done, take a nice deep breath. 
Thank the gods, your god, your divine energies. Thank the light. Open your eyes. Come back to the present. And now that we've done our meditation, I would like to get to our affirmation for today. And our affirmation goes along, I believe, really well with our meditation. If you listen to it, um, if you were light-oriented enough to appreciate it. Um, but our affirmation today is, I will give love to others. I will give love to others. I will give love to others. And it's really important because in our own lives, um, we don't often think about giving love to others through our actions, through our thoughts even. Because even though I can't drive and give someone, you know, take, you know, take care of someone if they're ill or something, when I hear that someone's ill or something's wrong with the family or there's a, something to be concerned about, you know, I can't do the things that I'd like to do. Like, you know, I can't, you know, go to someone's house and take care of them for an afternoon or cook chicken soup and drive over there or, you know, go to the pharmacy and pick up their medications for them or, you know, um, if they just need to listen I can't always drive over there, and maybe they don't want to talk, so, on the phone, so. When I hear something, when I hear something about, you know, family issues, or, you know, someone's sick, or someone's needing spiritual help or something, I give them my love. And I believe that the universe and the divine entities uh, that I honor and worship Respect that and take that love and give it to the person that needs it. And so this affirmation allows you to remember that I will give love to others. And it reminds us to take a step out of ourselves for a moment. And give love to others. Which is why that meditation is so important. And so now we'll chant it as we've always chanted. It's been a long time since I've done a meditation and affirmation. But, you know, life is what it is. And, yeah, this podcast is not a regimented, oh, every time there's going to be a meditation and affirmation. Um, because, to me, I like some of the spontaneity that, you know, and the creativity. And, you know... If you stifle that creativity a little bit, it can make something like a podcast or a project that you're doing kind of seem monotonous. So, you know, that's why we don't do a meditation and affirmation every time. Um, every time that there's a podcast episode. So let's chant our affirmation seven times as we always do. 
And before we do that, some people might ask, why seven times? Why seven times? Seven is, and, and why say it three times before that? Well, to me, <coughs> there are three, there are numbers that are very sacred to me for different reasons. Um, three is really sacred because it reminds me of land, sea, and sky, and all of the spirits that dwell in land, sea, and sky. And to me, it's also a number that feels, um, that feels complete in its own way. Seven, seven is, of course, the number of elements we call on. Um, seven is also sacred to the elven and the fairy um, in their own traditions and, and things. Not specifically fairy wicca, but like in some fairy traditions, they use a fairy or elven star. And the elven star uh, has earth, air, fire, water, life, light, and magic, which is what I use. Uh, and the fairy star uses earth, air, fire, water, above, below, and self. And so seven to me is really sacred that way. Um, nine is sacred to me because nine, um, nine, uh, will represent to me like the, the, um, it, it reminds me of the plant and animal spirits that we also call on and the, um, the good kindred, um, that we call on enduring the elements. So, um. And 12 is sacred because to me 12, 12 has some very sacred meanings to me, which I won't go into here because um, th they're just to me extremely sacred and, and I don't want to, you know, I don't want to break that. Um, but needless to say, that's why we chant the affirmation seven times um, because of the sacred reasoning behind um, all of these special numbers and sa sacred symbols and things. So let's chant our affirmation. I will give love to others. <clears throat> I will give love to others. 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 And that is our affirmation um, of the day.
with the spirits when you sit down to
Welcome as we call With love and respect We gather thee Come now we ask of thee With humility The circle binds us Spirit and man We who hear calling you On the sacred night Spirits of the woodland fay, we now call thee from the shade. Ancient wisdom mystery, honor now we give to thee. Spirits of the woodland fay, spirits of the woodland fay. There are, of course, the Asatru and the Andrachtfein and the Obads and things like that, that that do things a little bit differently. 
I'm just talking about the standard Samhain winter solstice Ambok, um, spring equinox Beltan, uh, Litha or summer solstice um, Lunasa, um, or loaf mass as some people call it, and Maban or Maban, depending on your your pronunciation. So let's start with Samhain. I don't celebrate Samhain as the traditionals do. I call it the Feast of the Dark God because in my path, the Dark God is the God of decay and death and recycling and bringing things back to the original Mother Earth. And he's also the God of most predator animals, animals that hunt others to survive scavengers who pick up and eat and return everything back to the earth, and those that feast on and dispose of death, such as carrion animals. Now in the northern hemisphere, he's, um, especially in my region, he's in power from winter, or from fall to winter, because the leaves fall from the trees, decay on the ground, and come back to the earth. Um, if you have a farm um, and you do butchering at this time, it's a time that as well. It's a time when things slow down. It's a time when the earth returns itself to a place of dormancy. And the dark god and his animals um, help with that. And so I honor him on that day. I honor winter solstice because it's a time when the Dark God is in power, but the Earth is starting to slowly, um, she's starting to slowly turn in her sleep. She's not awake, she's turning in her sleep. And um, Mother Nature is not in power anymore. Mother Nature, in my tradition, in my path, is the goddess of all crops and plants and fertile fields and forests. She's also the goddess of most prey animals, like rabbits and things that are mostly hunted by others. She's also the goddess of animals who spread life, like bees, butterflies, because they spread life through bringing pollen. Um, and those things that nourish life as well. So I honor her um, during the spring, but we'll get to that in a minute. But her, she's dormant. And she's given birth, she's given birth to the son. She's given him some of his power back so that he is able to um, help everything grow. Imbolc, I don't really celebrate it as Imbolc. I celebrate it as the Day of Awakening. The Day of Awakening is when things like snowdrops are being, are coming up out of the earth. Lambs are being born, that kind of thing. I don't really worship anymore but it's a time of awakening spring equinox is when the mother nature is is coming into her power so she's honored on that day so I honor her on the spring equinox I also have another day I celebrate Earth Day it's also seed blessing day because this is when a lot of people um, bring forth their gardens and they, um, they 
start to think about their gardens and what they want to grow and things like that. So Seed Blessing Day is also Earth Day because Earth Day is important. We need to honor it. And so that's on April 22nd. Beltane. Beltane is, to me, a fertile festival. And I do honor it, but in a little bit different way. Because I thank Mother Nature for the fertility she gives. I also thank the Dark God for holding off his power somewhat. So that things can grow, things can thrive. I honor summer solstice, but as a time of abundance, when Mother Nature has come into her full flowering, and she's bringing forth all those good foods that we eat. Lunasa. I celebrate it as a time of harvest, thanking the Mother Nature for all that she's given, honoring the Dark God because he is coming into his power slowly. Not quite there yet, but his power is growing. I also honor the plants and spirits of those plants that have been harvested during this time. Mabon. I celebrate it, but I call it the Feast of Thanksgiving because most of our harvest is coming through. We still have the one at Samhain, or the Feast of the Dark God, where all the rest of the harvest is done. But to me, in Mabon, or the Feast of Thanksgiving, is a time to thank all the spirits for their harvest, for their sacrifice, so that we might eat. I do pray and thank all the animals and plant spirits when I eat my food, but this is a time to really give thanks. And so, I, I have, again, the Feast of the Dark Dog, Winter Solstice, the Feast of Awakening, Spring Equinox, the Feast of, of Seed Blessing, and Earth Day, which are the same day. Um, Belsen, Summer Solstice, Denasa, or the Day of Harvests, and Mabon, the Feast of Thanksgiving. So I celebrate nine holidays in my wheel of the year. And I hope that you all understand. Beltane I also call the, the, I call Fay Day because it's a time to honor the fairies as well as the fertility. So I don't really call it Beltane. I call it Fay Day instead. So again, the Feast of the Dark God, Winter Solstice, the Feast of Awakening, Spring Equinox, the, feet of, the Feast of Seed Blessing, and Earth Day, Fay Day, Summer Solstice, the Feast of First Harvests, the Feast of Thanksgiving, and the Feast of the Dark God. So, these are very special sacred holidays to me. Because as a linguist, I honor all of that sacred power and rhythm of life, and I feel that those are special, sacred, and wonderful. So I hope that you've um, gotten a glimpse of my particular holidays now. I might, you know, I might adopt new ones as I come along, because I've been on this path for three years now. And I've just now, you know, gotten to where I know exactly what my wheel of the year is. 
So I want to thank you all for listening. So the moon we're in is the Sturgeon Moon. Mercury will next go retrograde from the 27th of September until the 17th of October. So any plans, uh, travel, communication, that will all be sort of uh, affected by the Mercury Mercury going in retrograde. I can't see. The next Sabbath, of course, will be Maybach. the incense for today is cinnamon. The color is orange, and the words today are power. Uh, the magical activity is to either work with plants in a magical way or fan out a tarot spell. Keyword is divination for today, so try to work on some sort of uh, divination if you have. The next full moon will be next week, so those of you guys who have any rituals and the moon might want to get yourselves prepared for that. And I'd like to say the gods that we honor today are Mercury and Apollo. So think on them today if they are the deities you specifically honor. also say that, you know, this podcast is a project of love for me, and I appreciate it. So if you'd like to send in a message telling me what your likes are, dislikes are, gripes are, go ahead and put it up. Um, there's a link on the podcast page. Follow that and put in a message for that. And it might even get put up on a podcast episode. This which is on the nostalgia moment. Um, so today my nostalgia moment has to do with um, with cooking. And the reason I say that is because cooking is really important to me. And I'm going to be cooking for my aunt tomorrow. I'm going to be making her my meatloaf um, and um, my glazed carrots to go with some garlic mashed potatoes. And I was thinking about the first thing I cooked. 
cooked ever. Of course, I did this with help because back then I was 14 and going to the school for the blind in California. And one holiday that I came home for, I think it was Thanksgiving, I came home and I said, I need to cook something to show that I can. And so it was really simple. I made some macaroni and cheese, just plain, straight, craft mac and cheese. And I followed the directions exactly. And it came out really good. Everybody loved it. Everybody thought it was delicious. And ever since then, I've fallen in love with cooking. The other times that I can remember about cooking when I was younger is that this made all the other kids in the family jealous because I would go into the kitchen, especially if we're going to make something with a lot of cheese, like uh, tacos or enchiladas or um, you know lasagna or something, and a lot of cheese needed to be made and grated. And I'd go in there and grate the cheese. And to me, those two experiences really shared with me that I had a passion for food and that I loved to cook food. And I fell in love with, that's around the same time that I started experimenting with foods that I'd never had. Like, uh, up until I was about 10, I really hated meat. I did not like the texture of meat. But then I fell in love with meat again um, when I was about 10. And so, you know, I tried seafood, and then I got into Asian food. And, um, I, tr- I remember the first time I tried baklava for the first time. And these experiences just really shared with me that, that I had a love for food and, and cooking food, not just eating it, but cooking it. And I thought, well, if a sighted person can cook food, then why can't I cook food? And so it never really became an obstacle for me like it does for other blind people, it seems. And then when I went to the School for the Blind here in Oregon, where I live now, and I have been living since, you know, I was 16, um, there would be programs, you know, that I would go for a couple of weeks, or I'd go, um, I went for my very last year of regional programming I was available for, so I went for an entire year then. But there would be programs from about 16 until then, where I'd go for a few days or a couple of weeks, and... I loved cooking. I had I had a love for cooking. I had a zest for cooking. In fact, um, one of my favorite times um, that I cooked at the School for the Blind was when I made my Chinese stir-fry with my own flavors and everything, and people actually liked it. And it just, it was so amazing. And then when I got to the School for the Blind and we had to cook every week, at least twice a week because we did a dinner once and then once a week and then we did a lunch once a week and just feeling amazed by food and how cool and then I got into learning recipes and then I got into experimenting and um, around the time I started experimenting I fell in love with the Vietnamese culture now I'm just a plain American girl and got some, you know, English and Welsh and, you know, stuff like that. But, you know, I fell in love with the Vietnamese culture. And not saying that, that other people aren't plain Americans, but you know what I mean. I just, 
I, you know, I grew up eating the normal things, burgers and tacos and stuff like that, which I know that tacos aren't American, but you get the idea. Um, you know, stuff that, that, that you see around a lot, but I really fell in love with Vietnamese culture and Vietnamese food, because Vietnamese food has a texture and taste profile that is unlike a lot of other dishes uh, and flavors because they incorporate a lot of taste textures and flavors that kind of would seem not to go together but do you know like cold and cold and spicy or you know slippery and sweet or you know tangy and tangy and hot and 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 just the the way that Vietnamese cooking is very simple in a lot of ways you know and and I fell in love with nook mom which for those of you guys who don't know what nook mom is nook mom is a fermented fish sauce and I came to love nook mom and a lot of people that I knew like my family they'd be like oh it's very fishy smelling and yeah but when I added it to dishes that I was making, especially Asian Asian food, it gave it a depth. And then I started adding things like rice wine vinegar and, and, and oyster sauce, and not just plain soy sauce, although I did add that, but like nook mum and oyster sauce and um, you know rice wine vinegar and lots of ginger and scallion and garlic and uh, you know, just playing around with flavors sesame oil and and then spices like smoked paprika and cumin and garam masala which for those of you guys who don't know that's an that's an Indian uh, set of spices everyone makes their own it's like curry everyone makes their own version of garam masala but just you know spices and cinnamon and just fragrant and saffron and all these fragrant spices and I started playing around with them and making my own stir-fry sauces to incorporate into my cooking and it all stemmed from that one box of Kraft macaroni and cheese and I have to say that you know that to me brings a lot of nostalgia I just I fell in love with cooking from that and, and, you know, I love it. I love to cook. I love especially to take a food like meatloaf and turn it into something that's different. And for example, I use, um, in my meatloaf, instead of ketchup and brown sugar as the glaze, I use barbecue sauce, honey barbecue sauce. Because for me, it works really well with the beef. And um, sometimes I'll throw in um, bell peppers and frozen corn. Uh, this time I'm using caramelized onions. It's just I love to cook and I love to think about food and 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 the relation between food and magic. And that is my nostalgia moment for today. another taste test for you. So tonight we're having the um, enchiladas for dinner and um, refried beans so that I'd give it a taste and tell you the textures and the flavors I'm getting. So.
Hmm. Oh, the refried beans are really good. They're smooth. Yeah. They're really smooth and there's a lot of flavor to them. We put an olive that time. Add a nice flavor to a salt to it. Really, really lovely. Smooth. It's a nice smooth texture. Um, you can taste a bit of the bean because um, there's bits of mm, there's bits of beans in it. So it's not just a, mm. it's not just a smooth concoction. You can actually, there's actually bits of beans in there, and let's try some of this enchilada. Mm. Olives, tomato, tortilla, chicken. It has a slight spicy flavor to it. Salty, a little bit salty. Mm. A bit of garlic. Oh, nice. It's a great flavor. It's, um, mm. Yeah, it's a nice flavor. I like that. Now let's clear my palate. Oh, I have a Coke with it. And I can taste the sweetness. Carbonation's nice. It has a nice bite, uh, bite back. Oh, and also it's, it's a very pleasant meal. Salt and water, feather and flame, energy, light, and magic's rain. All these offerings flow from me, freely, willingly, unto thee. Salt and water, feather and flame, Energy, light, and magic spring. All these offerings flow from me, freely, willingly, unto thee. Salt and water, feather and flame. Energy, light, and magic spring. All these offerings flow from me, freely, willingly, unto thee. Salt and water, feather and flame. Energy, light, and magic's rain. All these offerings flow from me, freely, willingly, unto thee. Salt and water, feather and flame. Energy, light, and magic's rain. All these offerings flow from me, freely, willingly, unto thee. Salt and water, feather and flame. Energy, light, and magic's rain. 
All these offerings flow from me, freely, willingly unto thee. Salt and water, feather and flame, energy, light and magic rain. All these offerings flow from me, freely, willingly unto thee. Salt and water, feather and flame, energy, light and magic rain. All these offerings flow from me, freely, willingly unto thee. Salt and water, feather and flame, energy, light and magic rain. All these offerings flow from me, freely, willingly unto thee. Freely, willingly unto thee. Freely, willingly unto thee. So here is my current moment. Um, so I'm off to cook for my aunt today. I was going to do it the other day, but her apartment was too hot. And so um, so I won't be able, I didn't cook for her on Thursday like I planned. Um, so today, hopefully, I'll be able to cook for her and have fun making my meatloaf, glazed carrots, and garlic mashed potatoes. Um, I have a doctor's appointment on the 23rd, and there I hope to get my COVID vaccine. Some people might be like, well, and they might be divided about it. But the thing is, you know, I have health problems. I have asthma that needs to be controlled by medication. Um, I have a rare disorder with my adrenal glands that causes me to be very deathly ill. My immune system is really not that good. So, the only thing I'm going to say about this is, you know, if you're going to say that then you haven't lived in my life and my medical history where you'd know that the reasons why I've chosen to get the COVID vaccine. That's all I'm going to say about that. I was going to go to camp later this month. There's a camp for the blind that I go to quite frequently. I haven't since the pandemic because for obvious reasons last year the camp was shut down. And this year they started up again, but I need proof of vaccines, so, which is why I brought this topic up. Um, so, um, I was supposed to get my vaccine right after I got out of the hospital, but, you know, my mom was working and we had, we were just too busy to do it. But I had my doctor's appointment on the 23rd to follow up on my asthma and (coughs) what's been happening, um. (coughs) excuse me what's been happening with my asthma and everything um um 
so I'm, I'm gonna get it then um, but my camp wanted proof of vaccine <clears throat> and of course you have to wait in between you have to wait in between vaccinations um, so that um, the immunity of the vaccine will go through um, so <clears throat> anyway that's why I brought that topic up because normally I don't like to bring negative things up out here because this is a time of relaxation and breathing and having fun and stuff but um I will be able to go in October though for the Halloween Monster Mash and I am looking forward to it I am going to be buying myself um I have a pair of fairy wings <laughs> which should not surprise you all I have a pair of beautiful um purple and white fairy wings I have a white and gold dress um, and a nice like crown of flowers and I'm wanting to get some elven ears and um, a wig to go with it to make the costume really come alive um, but um, yeah the Halloween uh, monster mash is in October and I will have my vaccine by then for certain um, so that is why I brought this topic up. So anyways, um, yeah, I wanted to go, um, I really wanted to go in August, but because of that proof of vaccine, I can't. However, I will be doing an art, I will be not doing, sounds like I'm the one in charge, no. I will be participating in an art auction um, and yes I could sculpt yes I could paint yes I could draw but I have decided to uh, do a finger knitting uh, project so I'm gonna be making a shawl to be sold at the art auction on September 15th um, so that's exciting I just found out today all about it because I called them and I called my camp and I was like well, what about this camp and they told me about the vaccine and I was like well what about the art auction I'd like to do that so I'm gonna be doing that and um, yeah I'm excited about it um, so I'll have this shawl done by September 8th, uh, September 8th, which is the deadline, and, um, all proceeds go to the camp, um, because they've been having a hard time since the pandemic, and only been opening and doing things this year, which is kind of sad, but, you know things happen and you know I love that camp I've been going since oh my gosh I've been going since the year 2000 and I was 22 and that is the only hint about my age that you will be getting about me <laughs> I'm kidding but I've been going since I was 22 um, in, two, in the year 2000 um, off and on not every year but off and on enough to where there that that I've uh, you know, probably I would say counting 
all the years that I've been going, I've been going for 20 years off and on. Probably been going about 16 of those altogether. Like, like if I were to put all the camps together, about 16, 17 years altogether. Because I've missed a few years here and there, and there's been things in my life and whatnot, but I've been going to this camp, and every year they have weekenders. Um, they usually have three, sometimes they have four, depending. They have a Monster Mash, which is in October. They have a Christmas one, which is in December. And then they usually have a springish memorial weekendish kind of thing. And the reason I say that is because it usually happens after the snow melts in, um, in May. Like, because the camp is near a mountain range. It's near Mount Hood. Um, it's like right near Mount Hood. For those of you guys who do know your Oregonian geography, it is near Mount Hood. And I love it. I love going there. And then, of course, I do the summer ones when I can afford it. Um, you know, so it, it means a lot to me. And I go up there to commune with nature and to just get away from things, you know, um, and just kind of relax and have fun and eat good food and talk with other um, people in the blind community, and I just, I really have a good, I really have a good time there, <laughs> um, so I'm hoping to do that, and then, of course, the Christmas one, um, and just enjoy myself, have fun in October, um, but anyways, last night, um, my mom, got this wonderful seven layer dip uh seven layer bean dip and luckily it did not have avocado in it because as a textural thing because I'm a very sensory kind of person um that is me pulling the tops off strawberries um as a very sensory kind of person certain textures are disgusting to me and avocado is one of those um, but the bean dip was really good, and she also brought home some strawberries, and I love... The weird thing is that normally, dep depending on how it's made, like, I can eat applesauce, um, apple butter is fine, but any other kind of cooked fruit, dessert, jam, jelly, marmalade, anything like that, pie, I won't touch it. I think it's because the fruit gets too mushy and it just kind of tastes weird. I'm not a berry person except for strawberries. Um, so you will not find me eating like uh, strawberry pie or rhubarb pie. Or, and the other thing I won't eat is anything like uh, cooked custard like soufflés or eclairs or cream puffs or anything like that. Nothing like that. Or, um, Nothing jelly-filled or fruit-filled or anything like that. But I love fresh fruit. I love to eat fresh fruit as often as I can. So Mom brought home some wonderful strawberries. And I had some as a snack because I'm going to be cooking today, as I said. And I was a little bit hungry, so I decided to grab me a little snack. And I had two strawberries left because I, I, they're, still, they're still really, really cool. They're not, like, warm, but... 
I forgot about them because I was getting into my knitting and so let's just That is really good. The only exceptions to like any fruit kind of dessert I will eat is like chocolate covered strawberries. I think it's because the strawberries are still fresh. Um, and they haven't gotten mushy or disgusting in any way. Um, but. Mm. These strawberries are amazing. Mm. Mm. The other news. I got my aunt came by. Not the one I'm cooking for, but another aunt dropped by. And she was she dropped off some flowers for my mom. And she got me a basil plant. So I have a nice little bit of greenery in my room. Um, sitting on top of because I have a mini fridge so sometimes you'll hear this little popping sound or a little weird running motor sound thingy that is my mini fridge and I stock it with all my um, all my drinks because I keep sweet tea and Arizona tea and Sprite and Coke in there um, Sometimes other things too, like once in a while I will, um, once in a while I will um, buy something like a little seafood salad or something like that and store that in there for a day or so. Um, it has a tiny freezer, so sometimes if I get ice cream, like a small dish of ice cream, like there's this great place here called Love Love Teriyaki. And I get their ginger ice cream. And sometimes I want to save it for an hour or so while I eat my food. Because I'm a slow eater. I don't, I don't rush my food. Unless I'm starving. <laughs> but I like to enjoy my food. So sometimes I'll store my ice cream in there. Um, but my little basil plant is going to be sitting on top of the fridge. So I have a nice little bit of greenery in my room, a nice piece of nature. It's basil, so it's like a really nice herb for all kinds of flavorings and stuff. And um, yeah, I'm excited because <coughs> I love plants and um, having a little bit of nature in my room is great. And this spirit, uh, this plant definitely has a spirit. It's a nice, healthy plant. I'm gonna check the moisture. Very gentle, because basil leaves are slightly delicate. I need a little saucer or something to put it on because it does, the, the pot has holes in the bottom of it for drainage.
trying to be very delicate so that I can feel uh, uh, the soil is a little moist could probably get watered in the next day or so but it looks okay for now I'll water it uh, yeah I'll water it um, I'll water it probably tomorrow and give it a nice little bath. Welcome to my room, beautiful basil plant. I hope you're happy in here. I got a little soil on my shorts. There we go. Hope you're happy in my room. I play lots of nice, soothing music. And I'll definitely be talking to you every day so that you can grow and be happy spirit of this basil plant, may you be welcome here, and may you thrive and grow and be, be joyful. I ask for the blessing of the, of Mother Nature upon this plant, that you would help it thrive. And I ask that any spirits of fae that are around, because I know there are always. Yep, there's the fridge. Uh, may you tend this plant and bring healing and love to it. So would it be. So, yes, I even thank the spirits of plants, <laughs> um, and I, I hope that the fairies and Mother Nature will bless the plant and make it grow and thrive and everything. I gotta eat this other strawberry. Well, that is going to be all for now.